When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's transfer tips for game week 26. So I'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of people's squads and discuss whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And don't forget to check out Fantasy Football Hub. They have a seven day free trial at the moment and up to 30% off. All the links you need to get signed up and give it a go are in the description below. Otherwise, let's jump into it. All right, let's start with Estepinian. And I think people that own him are probably not just worried about his minutes, but also a bit frustrated because when you start missing games like 5-0 against Sheffield United, you can't help but wonder what might have been. And I think if we look at his minutes recently, there's only one game in the last four where he's made it past 60 minutes. So I think Luton in game week 22 was the match where he was hooked at half time. He only played 10 minutes the next week against Palace. He played the full 90 against Spurs in game week 24, but walked away with zero points. And then against Sheffield United in the weekend just gone, he only got nine minutes. And I think for most people, right, it's time to start looking to sell him to someone else. And the final, uh, final nail in the coffin for me was probably that Sheffield United game where Lamptey comes off at half time and Estupinian's not the one to come on. And you just wonder what is De Zerbi holding him back for? Have they just had a falling out? Is he just not happy with him at the moment? I'm not sure. Maybe there's something else there. If you've got more insight than me, leave a comment below. But I think Lamptey coming off and Estupinian not coming on would be a bit of a worry. So it's probably time to start looking to get rid. And it's not like they've got amazing fixtures for a long time. No matter what chip strategy you're on, whether you're free hitting in 29 or not, SGPNN is probably not a long-term hold because it's Everton at home this week, Fulham away in 27 and Forest at home in 28, none of which I would be worried about, by the way. But in 29, you're either free hitting, and even if you're not, that match against Man City at home is tough and it's probably going to be off anyway. Then it's Liverpool away in 30, Brentford away in 31. And if I look a little bit longer than that, uh, it's then Arsenal at home in 32. So there's not many clean sheets after game week 28 anyway. And obviously the good fixtures before that don't really matter unless he's actually playing. So I think I'd be looking to get rid. I guess for most people, because you don't have a bench this week and a lot of people will have Liverpool players to get rid of, the question will come down to, to do you take Estupinian out for a minus four? That gets a little bit tougher. And I think in that scenario, I'd maybe side with just giving him one more chance against Everton and then getting rid of him later for free. Now, that might change by the time we get closer to the deadline. Maybe we'll get some insight into whether or not he's starting. If he's definitely not starting and we know that, then maybe I would take the minus four. But without that information, I probably wouldn't. Um, and the game is at three o'clock on Saturday. And it's a later deadline than normal. It's half one UK time. So we might get some indication. But I think I would side with not taking a hit for him and try and take him out later for free. The one thing that keeps like kind of playing on my mind is Lamptey never stays fit. So at some point... De Zerbi might not have a choice but to play Estupinian. But then again, even when he got taken off at halftime at the weekend, Estupinian still didn't come on. So there's just too much headache there. If you're looking to sell him, I think there's probably two options that I would go for this week. A lot of it will come down to your chip strategy. If you're free hitting in 29, your moves might be a bit different. But I think you're either looking at Arsenal defenders, 
someone like Gabriel or Saliba because they've still got Newcastle at home this week, Sheffield United away in 27, Brentford at home in 28. If you're free hitting in 29, okay, you get Man City away in 30, which is not ideal. But then it's Luton at home in 31. So the fixtures aren't too bad. We know how good the Arsenal defence is. If you're not free hitting in 29, you've already made that decision. Then I'd probably look at Aston Villa defenders, someone like Powell Torres, because they got Forrest at home this week, Luton away in 27. Spurs at home in 28 is not great, but then it's West Ham away in 29. Uh, and even in game week 30, they got Wolves at home. After that, the fixtures get a bit trickier um, for Aston Villa. But I think that is probably where I would be looking. There's probably going to be questions all week about which Villa defender to go for. Powell Torres, Matty Cash, or Moreno are probably going to be the three. I just think, and I'm going to say this all week, I would go for Powell Torres because I think when he's fit and nailed, he is guaranteed to play. And when you're trying to plan around blanks, you do not want headaches about of having to take players out that have got a fixture. If you get to 29, right, and you've got Matty Cash, but he's just been benched against Spurs because Cons is back or Diego Carlos is back or something like that, that is going to be a massive headache going into 29. You're probably not going to want to move him on, so you're just going to keep him. And then there's a chance he doesn't start again. I'm just not sure it's worth it. And also, I think James mentioned this on Planet FPL pod that I listened to this morning. Obviously, most of the attacks are coming down the left anyway. So even when Cash plays, he's not going to be as attacking with someone like Moreno on the other side. I just don't think it's worth it. And I would go with Pau Torres. The thought did cross my mind this morning when I was walking the dog, whether or not Moreno could be an option. because. Although Luca Dean has uh, been back, he hasn't got back into the first 11. And Moreno has played every game from the start since game week 20. But Aston Villa will have European matches starting up soon. And it's not like Luca Dean was awful when he played and Moreno has come back and been brilliant. Which, sorry, what I mean is Moreno has been fine, but it wasn't like Luca Dean was awful. He actually played really well while, while Moreno was out. It's really difficult to use words and stuff when you record videos. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, Moreno looks okay now. Is he going to be as good by 29? I just don't know if I'd be willing to take that risk. He's definitely more attacking, right? He would be the most attacking defender. And it might be that he gets enough points before 29 to not even worry about his minutes in that game week. But I still think if you just want someone to cover 26 and 29, I would probably go for Powell Torres. But either way, Bresh Japinian probably has to go sooner rather than later with the minutes he's getting at the moment. All right, let's talk about Wolves attackers next. Going to be very popular this week with Sheffield United at home in game week 26. Then it's Newcastle away in 27, followed by Fulham at home in 28. So things look pretty good. And as it stands, Pedro Neto is the most transferred in midfielder from their team. But we should also talk about Huang as well. Ultimately, I think either are good picks, especially with the fixtures they've got ahead of them. And if you are someone that's free hitting in 29... They then have Aston Villa away in 30, Burnley away in 31. And I think generally the fixtures are just okay afterwards. So as long-term options, especially with their price, right, their good value, they're a decent option to bring in your team. So after Burnley away in 31, it's West Ham at home in 32, Forest away in 33, Arsenal at home in 34, a bit tougher, but then it's Luton at home in 35. So essentially, and it never works out like this in FPL, you could bring them in this week and if you're free hitting in 29, Keep them for quite a long time before you have to deal with them. And if you've got like an eight attacker set up, you could always bench them in the more difficult weeks as well. So generally, I like Wolves attackers. There is a chance their game against Bournemouth will be on in 29, but it's not one of those that is very likely because it would require Brighton to beat Wolves and Leicester to beat Bournemouth. And one of those things is probably not going to happen. But we will find that out ahead of game week 27. The key question really is if you're going for a midfielder, do you go for Neto or Huang? 
And I think I am leaning more towards Huang because I think he will have penalties without Cunha there. And that would just tip it in his favor for me. And again, it's not that Neto is a bad option. If you want to go for him, you absolutely should. But when we look at the underlying stats on Hub, and if you want to check this out, as always, links in the description below, um, per 90 minutes, with Neto, it's 0.2 expected goals per 90, 0.24 expected assists. So his numbers are quite even, but they're slightly more skewed to getting an assist rather than a goal. Whereas if we go for Huang, um, it's 0.31 expected goals per 90. So his goal threat is a bit higher. And then 0.14 expected assists. So his goal threat higher than his chances created, which is kind of what you want for FPL because the points for a goal are worth more. And when you throw possible penalties on top, I think it just makes sense to go for Huang. But it's not one of those where if you've bought Neto already, you're thinking about buying him, it's a big mistake because that is not the case. I've just got my preference the other way. I also think, by the way, if money is an issue for you, depending on how your team is set up, I don't think a double up is completely out of the question because of how good the fixtures are for Wolves and because of that value there. Obviously, we've had other value players all season like uh, Palmer that some people might have sold, Anthony Gordon as well. But right now, and now I've said it out loud, the double up, it does seem like a bit knee-jerky, right? I get it. But I just think Sheffield United at home right now looks like such a good fixture. Fulham is good in 28. Villa away in 30 is not bad. Burnley away in 31, all good. So I think you could go for the double up if it fit your team. Most people are just going to want one. I prefer Huang. Neto is not, not a bad option, though, if you want to go for him. All right, let's talk about Dominic Solanke next. And the reason that I want to discuss him is to talk through whether or not there's any reason not to bring him in this week when he's got Man City at home, which obviously on paper is quite a tough fixture. But we know following that, it's Burnley away in 27, really good fixture, and then a great double of Sheffield United at home and Luton at home. I doubt that any team on paper will have a better double game week all season. If you were going to pick two teams to play against, It'd probably be those two. And if it wasn't, it wouldn't be far off. So we know the upcoming fixtures are pretty good, but 26 isn't that great. Now, I said, I think it was on Sunday, something along the lines of, I've got Darwin Nunez. It is so obvious to go to Solanke. But some people are thinking about going a different route. So maybe getting a different player for 26 and then getting Solanke in either for 27 or just to bring him in in 28. And I think that's fine, but I don't think there's such a good forward for the next three game weeks, that it makes any sense to put buying Solanke off. If you're almost 100% sure you're going to wildcard in game week 27, then fair enough. You can just get him in then. And if we look at the fixtures for 26, you could go for a different forward instead. So if you haven't got Ollie Watkins, obviously you can get him for the uh, Forest at home game. You could get Hoyland for Fulham at home. Uh, you've got, who's the other one that looks pretty good this week? Obviously, um, Tony against West Ham away. All three of those forwards are better than Solanke this week. But when you look at it as a three-game week period, Solanke is the one to get. Whatever you think about him, you will want him for game week 28. And I would argue you need him as well because he is going to be by far the best captain that week. So for most people, especially if you've got like Darwin Nunez plus Watkins and Harden like I do, I just don't see why you would go to a different forward. Because if you, if you go for Tony, for example, then you've still got to buy... Uh, Solanke later on and either you're taking Tony back out but he then plays in 29 so why would you do that if you're not free hitting or you've got to take out one of Haaland or Watkins now you could take Haaland out in 28 because that's when they play Liverpool away and he's probably not going to play in 29 and that route would be okay but I just think putting off buying a player you know you're going to want just doesn't make too much sense and I feel like Tony or Hoyland or whoever it is would have to go pretty big in game week 26 for that to make sense 
So I think when you know you're going to use that transfer later anyway, you might as well just save it right now. And also the other thing to say, if you're not locked into wildcard strategy or anything like that, it might be that depending on how the fixtures, sorry, depending on how the FA Cup fifth round results go, you might be sitting there right now thinking I'm not free hitting in 29. But by next week, you might be thinking, well, I've got no choice but to free hit in 29. And all of a sudden, you can just get Tony in then. You can have Solanke for the next three games and then have him for the fixtures afterwards. Because for Bournemouth, after 29, you've got, let me just check them all. You've got Everton at home in 30, Palace at home in 31, Luton away in 32. I mean, even Man United at home in 33 and Villa away in 34 are not awful for someone who is nailed on 90 minutes, penalties, etc. And really good underlying stats too. So... I just think it makes too much sense. Unless you're wildcarding in 27 or free hitting in 28 where you can just bring him in then, I just don't see why you wouldn't get Solanke even though he's got Man City at home. I just don't think that any of those other forwards are worth that probable extra transfer. But if you want to go that route, that's perfectly fine. Like Tony might score so much against West Ham and Solanke could blank that it's worth it. I would rather just save it, especially when we're in a period of FPL where there's just so much other things to manage with blanks and doubles and stuff like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So unlike Estupinian, Pascal Gross has actually been a good FPL pick from Brighton, especially recently. If we look at the last three game weeks, he's returned in all of them. So it was an eight-pointer against Sheffield United in game week 25, a 10-pointer against Spurs in game week 24, and 11 points against Crystal Palace back in game week 23. And the thing that I quite like about him is when he does get a return, he's really good for bonus. So even against Sheffield United, where he got one assist in a 5-0, he still picked up two bonus points. So he is one of those players like... I don't know, like an Odegaard or a Bruno Fernandes, that because they create so many chances, take set pieces and stuff like that, or at least some of them anyway, they do tend to get bonus when they get one return. So in that regard, he looks good. And obviously because of those three, uh, sorry, because of the last three game weeks where he's returned, he, does, he has become a bit more popular. And the next three fixtures are good, right? Everton at home, Fulham away, Forest at home. I wouldn't mind having to play him in any of those fixtures. I do, however, think, the boat might have been missed on bringing him into your team because after 28, you've got Man City at home in 29, which is a tough fixture and probably not going to be on anyway. And like I've spoken about a bit now, if you're free hitting in 29 or at least considering that, you need to look at what the fixtures are afterwards. And for Brian, it's Liverpool away in 30, Brentford away in 31, uh, and then Arsenal at home in 32. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Brighton are a very good attacking side. Gross could get returns in those games. And if he does, we know how good he is for bonus. But on paper, it's not really three fixtures. Like Brentford away is okay, but Liverpool away and Arsenal at home is not great. So it's not a three fixture kind of run that you would want to target. Burnley away in 33 is okay, but then they've got to play Chelsea in 34. Okay, you never know what kind of Chelsea side is going to turn up, but they could make that difficult. So I just think, Long term, not great. So again, if you're wildcarding in 27 or 28 or, or maybe even 30 or something like that, maybe it could work. But outside of that, or if you're not sure, I would just try and keep your options open. And I just think we've already discussed them. Wolves have slightly better fixtures, just about, I would say, in the short term, next three. And then longer term, they're better as well. 
Uh, and I think, look, Gross is a great option with bonus. He takes penalties when Jao Pedro is out as well. But once Jao Pedro is back, Gross will be back off penalties as well. So I... It, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say he's a bad option because he's not. I don't think 50,000 people have made a mistake bringing him in, especially for the next three game weeks. And it's worth saying that at this stage of the season, everyone's got a different plan in terms of chips, which players they want to bring in, who they're taking out later. You have to consider that individually for your own team. But as a general kind of overview or thoughts on him, I just don't think I'd go there. I'd rather go for the Wolves midfielder instead. If you already own him, of course, you keep him. But bringing him in new, I probably wouldn't do that right now. So with another two goals at the weekend to keep up his great run of form, Rasmus Hoyden is the most transferred in player so far this week with 165,000 transfers in. Do you know who's in second place? Mo Salah, who doesn't even have a fixture in game week 26. So that makes no sense whatsoever. Some of it might be wild cards, but if I was wild carding this week, I don't think I would include Salah anyway. But that's a discussion for another video. Back to Hoyland. I understand why people are getting him. Fulham at home is a really good fixture. Uh, I think Paulinho is suspended for that as well. But then they run straight into Man City away, which is going to be tough. Then it's Everton at home in 28. And Sheffield United at home in 29, which is great. But that fixture might not be on. I basically... My, my viewpoint on Hoyland is he's a good FPL pick like in isolation without having to think about chip strategy and stuff like that. Like In his own right for 7.2 million, he's not a bad pick. And he is improving... But I just cannot see any reason to buy him in game week 26 unless, and I've said this already, you're definitely wildcarding in game week 27. In which case, I like taking that punt for Fulham at home. If you're not, whichever, whichever other chip strategy you're going for, or whether you're trying to keep your plan open, whatever it is, I just don't think it makes sense to buy him over someone like Solanke, who I've already spoken about, but even someone like Ivan Tony, Because if you're free hitting in 29... And that uh, fixture against Sheffield United is on. Great. You can go for double or triple up on Man United on the free hit. And if you're not free hitting, well, that game won't definitely be on, right? For Man United versus Sheffield United to be on in 29, Nottingham Forest will have to beat Man United in the FA Cup, which is possible, but it's not a guarantee. So if you're not free hitting that week, surely you would just buy Ivan Tony this week instead, who's got West Ham away in 26 and Burnley away guaranteed in 29 and is on penalties and definitely plays 90 minutes every week now to be fair Hoyland's minutes are good but Tony all round is a really good pick the other thing to look at is the underlying numbers now again Hoyland is improving and per 90 minutes he's at 0.36 expected goals which isn't bad for such a young player in that Man United team but you look at nearly every other option you could go for instead Solanke, 0.57 expected goals per 90. Tony, who obviously hasn't played much this season so far, 0.52. And we know from previous seasons how good he is. Watkins is the same. Like, all the other options you could go for have better underlying numbers. In most cases, uh, just as good, if not better, fixtures as well. And with Watkins and Tony, they've got a guaranteed game in 29. And you know me, right? If you've watched my videos for a long time, especially previous seasons... I don't try and talk people out of Man United players that often, but I just cannot see many good reasons to go for Hoyland, apart from the fact he's absolutely smashed it recently and could do again against Fulham at home. So if you're wildcarding in 27, which I think is a good option for a lot of people, fair enough. Outside of that, I think you go for Solanke, Tony, Watkins, whoever you don't own instead uh, as the slightly better pick.
All right, let's talk about Richarlison next. Over 100,000 transfers out already going into game week 26. And he is someone that I took out of my squad in game week 25. Although the only reason I did that is because Trent was injured and suddenly I had enough money to go and get Kevin De Bruyne. Otherwise, I would have probably held on to Richarlison. Now, usual caveat supply. We are in a blank game week. A lot of people are probably struggling to get 11 players out. And maybe you've decided you're free hitting in 29. If any of those scenarios apply to you, then fair enough. It might make sense to get rid of Richardson. But for a lot of people, I would actually look to hold on to him. And I want to talk about him as an FPL pick in general. Although he came off a little bit earlier in the last game, he is still starting as the first choice number nine. I think that is encouraging because his underlying numbers in that position have been great. He's running this season, including some of the games he started on the left at the beginning, at 0.58. Uh, expected goals per 90 which is really good right it's comparable to other players we just looked at like tony and Watkins. so his goal threat is high obviously he doesn't have penalties or anything like that but the fixtures coming up after 26 are decent palace at home villa away fulham away in 29 guaranteed fixture uh obviously that matches on and then Luton at home in game week 30 so the four game weeks after 26 all look pretty good so i i guess my general or the general takeaway here would be don't be in a rush to get rid of Richarlison. He hasn't suddenly become a really bad option overnight just because Son is back. Now, he is a slightly worse option with Son back, as we discussed um, weeks ago, because one, his minutes will go down a little bit, and two, he won't have penalties while Son is around. But I don't think it makes him bad. Like, he still played 70 minutes against Wolves, and until something goes horribly wrong, and I know they lost that game, right? But until he starts performing badly... I would just expect him to keep playing in that number nine position. So if you can take someone else out instead, I would just keep hold of Richarlison. And bearing, bear in mind, the fact they've got loads of players back is slightly detrimental to his minutes. But it also, hopefully, again, not against Wolves, will make them better in attack and give him more chances. Obviously, Madison, etc., is fit in the moment as well. I do think, though, all that being said, as we get closer to 29 and people start thinking about either bringing Spurs players into their team with transfers or preparing for their free hit, I do think Madison will probably become a little bit more popular just because his minutes are guaranteed, right? If you look at the last four games, he's played 87, 85, 90, and 85. That will continue, whereas with Richarlison's position, like Song can play there, Werner can play there, they can bring whoever off they want. Oh, sorry, they can bring Richarlison off and then, you know, mess with things basically in that front three so he's definitely not guaranteed to keep playing 90 minutes now so he has become a slightly worse option but i don't think he's so bad that you need to panic about him just because i think he's blanked in the last two games now it is because he's still put up so for a quick look here he's still put up 0.5 xg versus brighton and 0.43 against wolves so he's still putting up good numbers he just hasn't had the returns in the last couple of games so i still like him despite taking him out of my team but that was really just because Trent to Bradley was suddenly an option and it meant I could get Kevin De Bruyne. If I couldn't afford that, I would have just kept hold of him. Let me know what you're doing with your players this week. Are you getting gross? Are you going for a Wolves midfielder? Is Richarlison coming out of your team? Leave a comment below. Hit like on YouTube. Subscribe as well. Help me hit 400k before the end of the season. If you're listening on podcast, rate five stars. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow for the game week preview. Sports Social Podcast Network.